What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the table. It is I, Antonio Padilla, as always. With me is uh, Mr. Swagtastic. Swag, say what's up. Hey. Hey, there he is. And with us, ladies and gentlemen, give him a special round of applause today. Uh, the Red Dog, Cliff Miller, a.k.a. the new, uh, what is it, Cliff? What's the title? The WCF TV Champion. Yeah, that's right. Give it up for him, ladies and gentlemen. This is a big deal for my boy. That's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, so in case you uh, aren't aware, Cliff, uh, uh, give give the people out there a quick rundown. Let them know exactly what that is and, and you know, just let people know what's going on. Yeah, so for you guys who don't know, or even some of you who do, uh, know that I am working on my way to become a pro wrestler. Um, but currently, I wrestle for two promotions. One's called AUW. Atlantic Underground Wrestling, as well as WCF Wrestling. So in WCF, uh, yesterday, I was scheduled in a match with the longest reigning WCF TV champion of the world, <laughs> Noah <laughs> Idol. And uh, Noah, I don't think he stood up to the Red Dog, and I won. <laughs> Pinned him for well, the Clearly he count. couldn't stand up to the Red Dog, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty it's uh you know um i know i already said it man but like you know congratulations i'm proud of you i'm happy for you uh it, you know it, this just legitimizes my boy my homeboy my brother because I, and i know we talked about it on the show like you know we used to do backyard wrestling back in the day and and now my boy is he's 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 got a belt he's the champ you know it's it's just you know all around good vibes over here so yeah, man. Congrats. Congrats. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Everybody out there who's listening, uh, go look up Cliff on his socials and, you know, send him send him some good vibes because, you know, he deserves it. He deserves it. This is, a, this is very cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that happened. <laughs> and, you know, uh, again, needless to say, I'm very happy for him. So, you know, that's all cool. It's all good. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, let's, uh, you know, quickly, let's check in with our sponsors. We are, of course, sponsored by water. Drink it. It's good for you. We have a new sponsor. The, uh, today's episode is brought to you by fire. <laughs> it's fire. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so we got that going on right now. You ever get, you ever get cold? Get cold and yeah, you ever get cold? <laughs> <laughs> That'll fix you. So, Yeah. <laughs> But we do have some, uh, uh, aside from that, we got some crazy, crazy new stories going on this week. A couple of little things that I do want to mention real quick that are not on the schedule. Um, although, Swag, you are aware of this. Cliff, I think you might be. If you're not, let me know. Um, in regards to, I believe, last week when we broke down the Suicide Squad set photos, we finally got some set photos that reveal Idris Elba and John Cena in on set. And of course, uh, we still have no idea who they're playing because they are both in prison jumpsuits. So that's just our luck. Uh, the photos do feature Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. So clearly this is when she goes to recruit both of them. Uh, but again, we we have no idea who they're playing. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's out there. And one thing I do kind of want to get a little serious about, I was going to say something last week. Uh, and it just completely slipped my mind, so let me say it right here at the top of this this episode. So there have been some 
reports and some stories going around about how Jared Leto is not happy about the Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Todd Phillips Joker movie. And there are articles being published with uh, like saying Leto felt alienated and um, uh, a couple of other things. But the weird thing about all of those articles is they do not feature any quotes from Jared Leto himself. They all claim to have heard such from sources, although they never cite who these sources are. Uh, so really what I'm getting at is th- this is all just negative, uh, false news report. Like people, for whatever reason, want to stir up controversy around this mo- this movie, whether it was, you know, reporting on potential violence happening at, screening, uh, happening at screenings or uh, now since that didn't happen, now they want to make it about Jared Leto and him being angry. Uh, however, this apparently is could couldn't be further from the truth because uh, a friend of mine pointed me to an interview with Jared Leto where he said he said he's still involved. Uh, he still, last he heard, there's there are multiple projects in the works for him as the Joker, and yeah, he's still he's still on board. He doesn't know where any of those quotes came from and where the story came from. Uh, what the other thing that these stories seem to be talking about is how David Ayer, director of Suicide Squad, was not happy with Jared Leto and sort of all the shenanigans he got up to. David Ayer went on record i think today or yesterday and he said that's not true i never said any of that this is all false so what i'm saying is don't believe it it's all clickbait and people pushing this false narrative uh just don't buy into it fake fake nerd news like we talked about multiple times on this show so yeah that's really what i wanted to put out there about that story uh cliff swag if you have anything you want to say about it go ahead uh yeah it's fake news Okay, we don't have alternative facts out here. All right, knock yeah. that off. Yeah. Um, no, Seriously. it's funny though because I had just seen a report about that about him not being happy, and I was like, it's weird because I know that we've we've talked about on the show that he's had other projects that mm-hmm. were being lined up for him. I was like, so why would he be unhappy if he already knows there's possibility of him being <clears throat> featured in multiple movies? I was like, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. dumb. Just knock it off. It's really dumb. Yeah, it's like the people who are reporting on this don't, they don't realize we know that. So it's like, (laughs) but I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to like set the record straight and tell you like, you know, that's, it's not true. And we've got multiple uh, quotes from Jared and David Ayer that put this story to bed. So uh, Swag, do you have anything, any comments? Uh, Not really. I mean, it just, it sucks, you know? Yeah. That people have to be this way about this it really does yeah <laughs> they just it, can't let us have you know yep this nice thing you know just this yep. one <laughs> yeah right it's like yeah for whatever reason people seem to have they had it out for joker the movie yeah. for whatever reason and now that it's out there and like nothing bad happened and it's just it's crushing all these box office records now they want to make it about like some sort of internal turmoil and it's like yeah you know get out of here get out of here with that it's churlish. That's what it is. Yep. <laughs> Immature and churlish. Knock it off. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. I just wanted to mention that real quick at the top of the episode. You know, kind of clear the air. So, yeah. And let's get into it, guys. Let's get into the news because we do have we have some interesting stories this week. Interesting. And some pretty big uh, announcements and confirmations that went on this week. So, let's get into it. Uh, let's start first with uh, Entertainment Weekly provided us with our first look at the anti-monitor for uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and boy, was it not what I was expecting. Uh, <laughs> in a good way, though. 
in a good way because we did see concept art for the character uh, at San Diego Comic Con this year, and it showed us something different. Uh, I'm not complaining because this is this is actually very comic accurate in regards to like you know as early, uh, as new as the new Fifty Two. So I'm I'm glad they went in this direction. Uh, Swag, what do you think about this this design? It's uh, it's cool. It actually gets the whole idea across as in kind yeah. of being like the opposite. And yeah. I like it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I feel the same way. Uh, Cliff, what do you, what do you think? What, what did you think when you saw this? Oh, the costume looks lit. It, um, yeah. 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 I just, I think it looks total badass. Uh, I feel like it looks pretty close to the, with the comic books. I know like mm-hmm. I've, I've openly mocked uh, X-Men Apocalypse. I will continue to do so <laughs> on my own accord, but this is very, very good, and I thoroughly enjoy looking at it. I think this is going to set up uh, just only good things to come, and I'm I'm excited to see how what they can do uh, with him, like in action. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and you know, like uh, we've mentioned uh, plenty of times on the show, like you know, who, the costume department over there, they always seem to nail it. You know, I've never seen a suit that I didn't like. Um, I mean, there were suits that there, there were certain elements that I didn't think worked, but overall, I think they all are pretty good. So this is no exception. Uh, it looks it looks great. Uh, the makeup uh, as well, because that is uh, LaMonica Garrett, who also plays the monitor. So he's going to be pulling double duty <laughs> in <laughs> Crisis. Like a lot of people, um, yeah. some, of the, some of them are pulling triple duty, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, Tom Cavanaugh, which we did get, um, we did get an, an official photo of him as Pariah for the uh, Crisis event. Uh, I did not post that on the the uh, Facebook page, although I should have. But yeah, it's out there if you guys haven't seen it. Uh, that suit also looks pretty awesome. Very comic accurate. I know swag. I know you saw it. Looks yeah. pretty dope. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, I it, it looks it. I, I said this when we talked about the Kingdom Come Superman suit and how that was built by um, Ironhead Studios and the other guy. They usually only work on like big budget movies, motion pictures. You know, they did all the stuff for Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Aquaman, uh, and so the fact that they did the Kingdom Come Superman suit for Crisis. I, you know, I said it before. I was like, it, it shows that they're putting real money into this thing. And that's good, you know. It, it shows confidence on the side of uh, Warner Brothers and DC that they're that they are spending actual money on this thing. So yeah, yeah, man, it it just looks really cool. Everything looks great so far. I haven't seen anything that deters my excitement for Crisis, and you know, this is no exception. <laughs> what do you What do you guys think? I'm still in, and I have never seen an episode of anything after <laughs> yeah. season two. <laughs> yeah. of arrow <laughs> yeah i mean that's fair that's fair <laughs> yeah I, uh, all right i can't oh go ahead like, seriously like this is gonna be awesome yeah like, it's gonna be huge but it's it's you know it's building up to like really well and it's yeah it's gonna be and awesome. we are gonna talk about that a little later in the show because yeah. because boy was this week uh crazy <laughs> for dc tv yeah. <laughs> so so yeah we're definitely gonna talk about that uh towards the end of the show uh let's move on to our next story because this is one that really caught me off guard and not in a bad way it's a little it's 
you know, uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about it. Let's get into it. Uh, so we talked about how um, our boy, the boy on fire, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, uh, landed a role in the fourth Matrix film. And we got another piece of casting this week. Uh, <laughs> how, do, how, how do I even tee this up? Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Let's just get right here. Neil Patrick Harris has landed a role <laughs> in this fourth Matrix movie, whatever it ends up being. Uh, the article that I'm reading from is from Variety. This was posted on October 15th. So that was five days ago. Uh, the article reads, Neil Patrick Harris is the, first, is the latest addition to the ensemble cast for the upcoming fourth installment of the Matrix franchise. He joins Keanu Reeves and Carrie Moss, who will be reprising their roles in the film, as well as Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who was tapped as one of the leads last week. Plot details are currently unknown. While it was rumored a young Morpheus could appear in the movie, sources close to the film would not confirm Harris's specific role. That's really all the article has to say. So, uh, what do you think about this? Like, Cliff, what, what, how do you feel about this? I'm very curious as to what they want Neil Patrick Harris to play. But mm-hmm. if he, how do I put this? If he plays a bad guy, I'm 100% in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so many people are used to like seeing him as Barney and, you know, Duty Hauser, <laughs> but, or yeah. even as NPH in, uh, you know, Harold and Kumar. In the but... uh, Harold and Kumar movies. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, totally seen him as a bad guy. I'm I'm 100% in. If he's like one of the good guys, like Mouse, like the supporting characters, mm-hmm. not so much. I need him to be full on bad yeah. guy. Uh, I agree. I could totally see that uh, 100%. Especially like if you watch a movie like um, Gone Girl, which he appeared in. And I know he wasn't a villain, but he wasn't exactly... He was more he was more antagonistic to that movie in that movie and um, yeah if it, if it's anything along those lines like I could definitely see that because you know I've seen him play characters that aren't uh, exactly you know heroic or you know the good guys and I, honestly I feel that's where he shines most so yeah if that if that's the case yeah sure yeah let's do it I mean I'm in regardless I mean he's a fantastic actor I always say that. You know, and and you can like Cliff was saying, if if uh, the only thing you know him from is How I Met Your Mother and like Doogie Howser, it's like, come on, guys, like <laughs> you know, branch out a little bit and check out some of his other work because he's he's a really good, really good actor. So yeah, I see no problem with this at all. Swag, how do you feel? Uh, well, I can't really say much considering I haven't seen. I mean, I have seen like bits and pieces. But it was just so long ago. But like I haven't like fully actually like gotten to sit down and enjoy the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, people, it's on my list. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I check it out before Cyberpunk 2077 drops next year. Yeah. So yeah, like like Cliff Swag has a list as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it is interesting. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep keep that in the vault for now and then when i've actually experienced this franchise i'll i'll probably have more to say about it yeah yeah that's fair that's fair but yeah it's it's definitely an interesting casting choice to say the least so um uh, it is what it is we'll have to wait and see like i said there's not a whole lot of details about the film or any of these new characters so only time will tell so uh, let's get into it, though, because we are doing something a little bit different this week since we're a little bit light on news, and we're going to do games uh, prior to 
any sort of ad break this week. So let's get into it. Let's do games. Uh, we have some stuff to talk about, stuff we hinted at last week. But, you know, since Swag is the game guy, we wanted to have him on and then give us his thoughts. Uh, let's get it. Uh, and Cliff, I know you you 100% legitimately did. Uh, you got your hands on the Terminator in MK11, like right after we recorded last week. <laughs> so I know you've got your experience. Yep. Uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about it, guys. Uh, Swag, take it away. So we're going to be talking about the release of the T-800 on MK-11, mm-hmm. which was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, you know, this is the character with all the references. Like this is oh, yeah. that character <laughs> in the back. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of what makes this character probably the most fun. Yeah, just, I agree. All the dialogue before the match and even in during the match. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. It is. It is 100%. I agree. Uh, for me being the, you know, the pop culture junkie and the film buff that I am. Uh, yeah, all the all the cool, like, really awesome fanboy references and whatnot that they snuck in with this character. Uh, not even just, like, gameplay-wise, but even with, like, the um, the customization options that you have. Yeah. For the character, it's it's it really brought a smile to my face. Like even the fact that you can get the T one thousands sunglasses, like that was <laughs> yeah. pretty. That's pretty cool. That was a pretty cool little uh, Easter egg uh, <laughs> for anybody who who knows the franchise and loves it as much as I do. So that was that was dope. But uh, let's talk about the gameplay a little bit. Uh, Cliff, how did how did you feel the character handled? What were your um, what was your experience like? So, I definitely felt like he, I mean, he fought very robotic-like, right? And I don't want to say in mm-hmm. an instance of like, well, yeah, he's the T-800, dumbass. <laughs> like, um, remember, so, um, on PlayStation 2, you and I are going to remember mm-hmm. this, Enter the Matrix, there was, yes. there was the ability to fight. Like, you could yeah. do, like, the versus mode. And Smith yeah. fought very robotic right that was like the key mm-hmm. to his his kind of technique which is what i thought mm-hmm. a lot about with uh the t800 in this series was that he was mm-hmm. very like he moved you just had a once you learned the rhythm of how he was fighting mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. He had, it just came so natural like you were just like i'm gonna dominate everybody yeah <laughs> but i'm not gonna lie unstoppable like the t800 <laughs> right yeah yeah especially well that's, he has a vulnerability move where like yeah. yes. he just walks through everything. You can't jump, which sucked. You can't block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just take it. But it was cool. Yeah. And I was doing that all. I was doing that the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw. Yeah, I can see Cliff doing that for sure. I saw, <laughs> I saw one of my friends. Uh, I think they posted up a video where like they put music in the background, and mm-hmm. Arnold was doing the stomp. He was just stomping people <laughs> in the nuts, and I was like, "This is this is lit." <laughs> But I thought, that, I thought I was like, "This is a great move." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I I agree one hundred percent with what Cliff is saying. Like, that's totally yeah. That's pretty. That's accurate. That's fair to yeah. say. Uh, the gameplay wise, swag. What, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and that's the thing too. It's like with my experience. Like, not only is it like you know, robotic and and machine like, but like like you know just. Aside from, like, you know, getting the rhythm down and then 
feeling unstoppable mm-hmm. even just the way like you feel the weight mm-hmm. when when you're playing that character like you you feel like it's you're pretty much fighting with a tank <laughs> <laughs> and that's sometimes that's pretty much that's fun to me yeah um, i kind of really like that part uh and you know that also kind of helps with like the punches and stuff because it makes you know it feel like it's a lot heavier and you're hitting a lot harder yeah especially when you can get off some pretty sick combos uh, <laughs> that that always makes you feel really good yeah yeah i would agree with that as well i boy you guys are hitting it right <laughs> right on the head with your assessments here yep. like yeah yeah i agree i agree 100 percent. that's that's accurate so yeah if you guys haven't uh gotten your gotten your hands on it definitely do so um Although swag is it available for everybody yet, or is it still just yes. for season passes? I okay. believe I believe it did like come out this last Tuesday. I think for everybody, I could okay. be wrong. Uh, All right, well, uh, you know, you know, check for yourself, find out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if it is available, get your hands on it, try it out, let us know what you think. Um, yeah, have fun with it. If uh, if there's no nothing else you guys want to add about. The Terminator. I know Swag has some other game oh. stuff he wants to talk about. Oh no, there is plenty I want to talk about. All right, all right, let's do it. Let's get into it. <laughs> let's not play around because last week we said that one character was mentioned uh-huh. in Legion. We found out there was right. actually yeah. four other characters or three other characters that mentioned mm-hmm. Legion in this dialogue. Which makes I was like, look for characters. I was like, holy yeah. shit, <laughs> four other characters are talking about Legion. I was like, yeah. this is some this is some legit <laughs> shit that we're going to be talking about. So yeah. I was yeah, like, straight up. yeah, I was dumb hyped, man. We have a Collector, Devora, uh, Raiden, and yeah. I'm missing one. Um, mm. Earthrealm, Goddess. So, so, so who? Yeah. Yeah. So just, yeah, so... Yeah, so if you guys were listening to last week's episode, you you may remember that I I brought up there was that Easter egg where uh, Devora mentions Legion and you know what that entails, uh, and so Cliff, you know, being Cliff, he did his due diligence and like I said, he immediately got his hands on the game and started playing it, and he hit me up almost immediately. <laughs> he was like, "Yo, I found three other ones." And, you know, he sent me sort of the screenshots with the subtitles, and I was like, are you serious? <laughs> uh, to which I then, I then, you know, yeah, I got yeah. I swag onto that, and then he, you know, swag, like, lost his mind. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know? Like, like, like I was saying last week, it's, just, it's again, um, not to get too spoilery about Terminator Dark Fate, but it's like, it just 100% legitimizes the information that I've been given, and um, yeah, <laughs> crazy, craziness. <laughs> so yeah, Cliff. Uh, so yeah, thanks for thanks for uncovering that. So also, there was um I forgot who had the dialogue. I think it was Jax. Somebody asked the T800 like, mm-hmm. who programmed you? And he was like Johnny Cage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> of course <Yeah>. he did. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. One referencing the uh, the scene from Terminator 2 when they switch on the learning computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the T-800 walks up to Jax and says, like, 
you're upset and Jack's responds with yeah because Johnny Cage switched on your learning computer <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but I, felt like, <laughs> I know someone else directly asked him like who turned on his learning switch and he blamed Johnny Cage and there was another like oh my god like the Cassie Cage stuff too like everything that he mm-hmm. interacted with Cassie Cage was on point yeah. I was like thank you for all of this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome yeah, to the jungle. It's pretty, it's pretty dope. <laughs> it really is, yeah. <laughs> this was, All right. This is one hell oh, of a release, man. <laughs> this character yeah, it really was. so awesome. I'm yeah, actually really, really glad we got this one first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it still sucks uh, having to wait for Spawn, though. So. Yeah. It's gonna... when, when is that? Is that February? Yeah, I I so. no. Right. Is it, it was March? March. Yeah, it might have been March. Yeah. yeah. Yeesh. All right. <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't mean to bring ever bring the mood down, but like. And yes. the mood is gone. <laughs> and it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> That's my bad, guys. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's keep things moving. Swag. What else was it that you wanted to talk about? So I just want to. I want to inform everybody that if, if because I, I mean we should probably talk about this, but if you did pre-order uh, Modern Warfare, you can now. I don't know if this is possible on Xbox. It probably is, uh, but at least on PlayStation, you can now download the game uh, if you pre-ordered it digitally. You can download it now and have it ready for Friday, day one, nice. which. I have already gone and done that. I am excited. <laughs> but That's cool. the, the news about Modern Warfare is like everybody got upset about the one year, t- the timed exclusive for the special ops survival mode, mm-hmm. uh, which that does suck. Uh, but on the bright side, we have heard that because of the success of Call of Duty Mobile, they have apparently, it has been leaked that Activision has apparently canceled, for now, loot boxes for Modern Warfare. So, Ooh. that's... Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty big, pretty big news. Yeah. Uh, so, let's, let's just mm-hmm. hope that they don't ruin this game. <laughs> that, they, that they keep getting all their revenue from this mobile game. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. finally, we can finally have one year that's aside from the exclusive mode. Uh, you know, that's actually fun and not ruined with a paywall. Yeah, <laughs> pay to win bullcrap. <laughs> yeah, because we all we all hate that. Yeah. Especially with yeah. Call of Duty, because it recently it's always been like, oh yeah, launch without microtransactions, and then like a month later. It all floods in, and now we yeah. all hate the game. <laughs> yeah, as as you would if something mm-hmm. like that happened. So, yeah, man, they so never seem fingers, to learn. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my fingers are crossed that you know they found their source of revenue, and they're gonna leave all this stuff out of the big game this year. Uh, I could be wrong. They probably they might change this, uh, but you know, enjoy it while you can. <laughs> I know I will. <laughs> yep, yep. Wise words. 
wise words from uh, the wizard Merlin. This is why I casted everybody. So yeah, well, was that was that it? Was that it for games? Uh, yeah, pretty much. All right, all right, you heard him. Uh, we're gonna take a quick moment to hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back, folks. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us, folks. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, this this whole post ad break section right now is going to be the big topic let's get into it because the big topic this week is uh matt reeves the batman is gearing up uh, in full force we Whoa. got two yeah <laughs> we got two casting announcements as well as confirmation that one actor will not be taking part in the film and we have the film's composer and it's a doozy so let's get into it, folks. Let's let's talk about the composer that we got confirmed. Uh, the one and only, uh, the legend, Michael Giacchino, it will be scoring the film. He confirmed it himself, and then Matt Reeves himself then reconfirmed it, double confirmed. So that's pretty big news. Uh, Swag, I know you're a fan of Michael yeah. Giacchino's work. How do you feel about that? I cannot wait to hear the soundtrack. Like. <laughs> Same. The score is going to be amazing. It's going to be lit. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I agree. I'm definitely, <laughs> like, when they drop this, I'm adding it to my Batman playlist. Like, <laughs> For sure. For sure. You know, I'm a buy, I will buy that album the moment it drops and <laughs> just, like, let's do it over and over and over again. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, I, I guarantee you you've heard his work. Maybe you just didn't realize it, but uh, Michael Giacchino scored such he used to be jj abrams go-to guy he scored both of his star trek films uh he scored a film that swag and i loved uh, and still love i believe uh sky high yeah. from back in 2005 he's also scored i believe oh geez uh, i'm drawing a blank on some of his other work i know like the guy's prolific he's done so many great movie scores that it's it's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah it's, it's it's insane and he always delivers the goods so, Cliff, how do you feel about this? I'm excited. I mean, I, I was a fan of uh, Sky High soundtrack, as well yeah. as mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fan of the Star Trek series, as far as, like, mm-hmm. the last two went. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm hyped. I'm hyped for it. I can't wait. Um, I don't know if I'll download it like you guys, <laughs> but I'll probably download yeah. one or two of the songs. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Cliff, Cliff might not download it, but he might stream it. So, <laughs> it'll definitely let's, be somewhere in the let's, house. Let's, yeah, it, it, he'll, he'll be listening to it. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So I just I just looked up uh, Michael Giacchino's filmography. He did me- swag. He did the score for Speed Racer. Yeah, that's what I was. Thinking. Yeah, I was like I have I have one. He of did that right now, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, he did that score, which that's a great score. Yeah. Uh, like I said, he did the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek. He did the score for Up. The Pixar movie. Uh, he did, um, let's see, Land of the Lost, which is a movie that Swag and I like. Uh, you know, come at us, haters. Um, what else did he He's done so much great film and TV work as well. He did the score for Let Me In, which, again, that just proves that he's worked with Matt Reeves in the past. Um, I'm just looking at everything here. Again, like, like I said, he's he used to be JJ's go-to guy. He did the score for Super 8. He did Fifty Fifty. Oh yeah, the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, which again, yeah. Swag and I both love that movie. 
He did the score for Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. I believe he also did Mission Impossible 3, if I'm not mistaken. Because, again, that's a that's an Abrams joint. Yes, he did. All right. So, <laughs> And I think he still does uh, Mission Impossible work, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Uh, but, yeah, um, movies like Jupiter Ascending, you know, regardless of how you feel on that, that movie, Tomorrowland, Inside Out, Jurassic World, Zootopia, Star Trek Beyond, Doctor Strange, Rogue One. Spider-Man: Homecoming. The, like I said, the the man is prolific, man. Like, you throw a rocket at anybody's movie collection, I guarantee you, you'll find a movie he did the score for. Um, and I love his work. I genuinely love the man's work. Every time I hear his, he has a very distinct sound. Mm-hmm. Like I can immediately identify, like, oh, that's Michael Giacchino. Um, but like, they never sound the same. Like, each score is its dis- own distinct thing. Yeah. But like I said he has a distinct feeling to everything he does. So, yeah, man, I'm super excited. Cannot wait to hear this score. I'm super excited to hear what he comes up with in terms of themes, yeah. like for Batman or some of these other characters that we now know are in the movie. Um, so, yeah, yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about this casting because we got a lot, we got more than, um, more than I was expecting to get this week. So, in addition to Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon... Uh, this week it was announced. Well, let's talk about. Let's do a follow up. Let's talk about who's not going to be in the movie, yeah. uh, much to our chagrin. So when we when we talked about the announcement that Jeffrey Wright would be playing Commissioner Gordon, that was the same week that we heard that Jonah Hill was in talk to take a role in the film. Um, the update being that uh, that doesn't look like it's the case any longer i'm reading from an article from deadline jonah hill no longer circling the batman exclusive we hear that the two-time oscar nominee is no longer in talks to play a villain in warner brothers the batman starring robert pattinson uh essentially talks broke down which happens on big pictures like these we originally broke the news that hill was in talks to play a villain in the movie either riddler or penguin we understand warners is eyeing new candidates already for one of those roles in the matt reeves directed dc movie so yeah, that's disappointing because I was really excited about this. Uh, Cliff, you you actually didn't – you were not on that episode when we talked about that. So um, give us your thoughts. Like um, just when you heard Jonah Hill might be in the film, what did you think about that? Um, well, I found it interesting. I just – I didn't know like who he was going to play as far as mm-hmm. between like Penguin or maybe even like the Riddler type. Um, mm-hmm. But – I don't know. It just seemed like Penguin was going to be like a good role for him. I know people still kind of see him as like chubby, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. but I never, I, I didn't mind. I didn't care how he showed up. I mean, Jonah is a, mm-hmm. he's a great actor either way. Um, but mm-hmm. I definitely saw him more in the lines of kind of like a, a modernized Penguin. And I thought he just, mm-hmm. I thought he would fit the role perfect, but apparently that's not what he thought or how Warner Brothers thought about it. So I don't know. I was excited at first. Then I was ultimately bummed yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, I think we all felt the same way. Swag, uh, how, do, how do you feel about hearing the news that he he is no longer um, eyeing, uh, eyeing the project? He's no longer being considered. How's, how does that feel? Uh, like, you know, same as you. Is like, it, it's, it's a pretty big disappointment. Hype we kind of had. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And to now be like, it's not going to happen. Like, it's just. Like we were this close, and yeah. Then, like it, it just got swiped, like right yeah. in front of us, and it, it really just sucks. It really the does. potential and and 
you know, just the, the ideas in our heads and stuff. Yeah. Now we kind of can't, you know, we don't have the opportunity to see that now, which kind of sucks. So it does. Yeah, it, it it's always disappointing when stuff like this happens, especially since, like you said, you know, the announcement came out and we got excited about it. Yeah. Um, I think I got a little more excited about it because you know I'm. That's like I called yeah. it, didn't I call it? <laughs> and then so when it, it's like oh he's not he's not doing it. It's like oh that sucks. We were so close, <laughs> so close. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Um, from what I hear, it came down to, uh, I mean, I think we talked about it on the episode when you know it was first announced he was in talk. Uh, it it came down to a pay dispute, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted more than what they were willing to to offer up. Yeah. Uh, he apparently was asking for more than Robert Pattinson was making. So, I mean, you know, like I said, it's like you can afford to pay Jonah Hill a little more. I mean, like, it, it wouldn't be the first time that an actor playing the villain was paid more than the actor play, playing Batman. Jack Nicholson made like yeah. four times as much than Michael Keaton did. Um and I know we don't talk about this movie, but I have to bring it up in this in this instance. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> got paid more than George Clooney did, and he got top billing in that movie as well. So, it, like I said, it's not the first time this would have happened. But at the same time, I understand why they would have said no, and you know, why the why the a deal couldn't be reached. So, it sucks, but it's not. Uh, it sucks, but it's understandable. That's what I'm trying. Yeah. So, uh, so. Uh, you know, from one uh, disappointment, let's talk about some news that immediately got me excited all over again, because this was reported on October 14th, which is six days ago. Um, this, can, can I just, can, can we back up just a little bit and talk about this? Because we had heard for a while now that they were looking to cast an actress to play uh, Catwoman in the film. And there was a list of actresses that were uh, reportedly being looked at, including... Zazie Beats, which would have been weird since she was just in Joker. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this actress's first name. Isa, Isa Gonzalez, uh, who I thought she would have been fine. Uh, other names were like um, Alicia Vikander and a couple of other actresses who I've never heard of and one of which whose names I cannot pronounce and I'm not going to try because <laughs> that would be disrespectful. Um <laughs> So and so when I saw these names being thrown around, and I cut, you can kind of uh, piece together in your head like there was a type they were going for. Yeah. Um, and in my head, and I know I wasn't the only one. I'm not saying this was strictly me having this thought, because I, I heard a lot of other people say the same thing. Um, but in my head, I was like, why not Zoe Kravitz? Like I think she would be pretty good. Um, and then the announcement came, like I said, on the 14th, uh, Zoe Kravitz is indeed going to play Catwoman. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. And this has me so excited because uh, I'm a huge fan. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because she's a beautiful woman. She is, but that's not what has me excited. Like, she's legitimately a talented actress. I've seen her in so many films. And every time she pops up in a movie, she always brings her A game and she elevates everyone around her. So, yeah, I couldn't be happier with this choice. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Cliff, how do you feel about Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman? I mean, I guess apparently when she's not defending Grendel, you know, she can go be Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when she's not talking to her beer, she can, uh, 
She can just <laughs> help save uh, Gotham. I I am super excited for her. I I make it sound like I'm being a dick, but aside from being <laughs> aside from being Angel and uh, X Men First Class, I'm I'm super mm-hmm. excited for her. Like she, this is a a great role for her. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we're gonna have some fans out there who are gonna compare her to Anne Hathaway. Don't be that dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. She's she's wonderful, and I'm so excited that she's gonna be in this movie, and you know, mm-hmm. not Kristen Stewart. Although I do like Kristen Stewart, I'm just glad that she's not the one that's gonna be in this movie. So, Zoe's got one hundred percent. Yeah, she's got big shoes to fill or big mm-hmm. cat ears to wear. I don't know how we want to put that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I like that. But and yeah, she's she's gonna be awesome. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think she's yeah. gonna do great, and you know, like Cliff said, it. I I like Kristen Stewart as well. We did a whole episode where we talked about that, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad they didn't uh, go default with that. The, uh, yeah, uh, the obvious. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah. Swag, how do you how do you feel? I agree with everything you guys have said. Um, uh, she is very talented, uh, and I'm with you guys that I see the potential, and I can't wait to see this actress. You know. Do her mm-hmm. take on the character, uh, you know that I also love uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to you know the Batman and, and DC stories. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what she does, what they all have planned for her over there. So yeah, just just getting even more excited for this film. Can't wait to see it. Oh yeah, I agree 100. Everything both of y'all just said. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting because she. It, I think um, I, I, I've said it before. This it's also um, especially interesting because Zoe Kravitz. Um, some people might know this. She's actually Jason Momoa's stepdaughter. That's right. She's Aquaman's stepdaughter. So that's that's actually pretty cool for me. You know, keeping it in the family. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. If you guys didn't know that, um, Zoe Kravitz is the daughter of uh, you know musician Lenny Kravitz and. Um, Oh, what is her name? I, I'm blanking. Uh, Jason Momoa's wife. She was she was an actress. She was in she was on the Cosby Show. Lisa Bonet. Sorry. Ah, there it is. Yeah, she's the daughter of Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet. But Lisa Bonet is now married to Jason Momoa, and they have children together. But so but that makes Zoe Kravitz Jason Momoa's stepdaughter. So yeah, that's pretty cool that they're both <laughs> they're both taking up roles in the in the DC universe. So that's that's awesome. And you know. Jason, he posted a a very heartfelt um, uh, a posting on his Instagram page where it was a picture of him and Zoe, and like he he talked about how proud he was, and you know like how how excited he is for her and the future of this film, and I think that's very cool. That's very cool of him. It's very sweet. It shows that he cares, um, you know, about his children, even if it's a stepchild. You know, like clearly he he's he's got love for. Him for her and that's that's really cool it just shows how family oriented he is so yeah Yeah. man really excited really excited congratulations to everybody (laughs) you know that's an awesome that's awesome awesome casting right there i have nothing negative to say about that i just i gotta say jason Mm -hmm. is just a big lovable dude (laughs) he is man he's he's really just a big teddy bear (laughs) you know i mean he's like a jacked ripped teddy bear but a teddy bear nonetheless yeah he's he's a super cool dude like um i believe i've said it on this show before but like if you're not following him on instagram 
please go follow him on yeah. Instagram. Like that dude, like he, that dude like loves life and he loves his life. <laughs> so <laughs> he's always posting really cool stuff. So yeah, go follow him on, on Instagram uh, at pride of gypsies. So, all right. So let's get into the other piece of cast news that dropped this one, is especially interesting uh, following up on the, the news that Jonah Hill is no longer involved with the film. I think I said this to you swag. Because I said that there's no way this was an accident that on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, it was like Jonah Hill's no longer involved. And then the very next day we get this piece of casting. Uh, I'm reading from an article from The Hollywood Reporter. Headline reads, The Batman casts Paul Dano as the Riddler. This is, like, I'm blown away. Like, this this is that piece of casting that when I read the announcement, I said to myself, duh. (laughs) <laughs> like why didn't I think of this? Like this is so perfect. Like seriously, like why didn't I think of this? Uh, Cliff, what 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 are your thoughts on this? Because I know this is a character that you really care about. Uh, it's a character I really care about. I think we all really really care about. But I know Cliff, this character specifically means something special to you. So what do you think about this casting? Um. So we're gonna we're dropping and we're dropping about uh Edward right. This is what we were talking about. <laughs> I'm just gonna say. Yes. Okay. Good. Because when I found out that the fucking kid from the girl next door and taking lives mm-hmm. was taking over, mm-hmm. I was sitting here like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" The kid from Fast Food Nation, <laughs> the one playing with a Swiss Army knife, the kid that's in Night and Day, maybe playing with some cowboys and aliens. That kid. You mean to tell me that out of all the people that we had to pick, we picked this kid? Because I'm a hundred percent in. <laughs> all right, I, that's that's I one way love, to get there. <laughs> I love Clitz. I thought he was so fucking funny. Oh yeah. In uh, <laughs> in this movie, and I watched story. him in yeah, Taking yeah. Lives, and I was like, yeah, oh, he's got such a bright future. And then even in uh, There Will Be Blood, like, yes, God, yeah, there will be blood. So amazing. Like, yeah, you know, he he's dropping names. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like by all means, like I'm about to do the same thing. Like if you've never seen uh, Escape from Dan, I'm not sure how Dan Mora, he's fantastic in that movie. Uh, Prisoners, which my God, he delivers it like a a chilling performance in that movie. And that movie specifically, his performance in that movie is what makes me super excited for him to take this role on. Because, like, I guarantee you, based on his performance in Prisoners, this is the right guy. Like, 100%. Um, he thoroughly creeped me out. And, like like I said, he, uh, he, he, he chilled me to the bone with his performance. And, yes, just like Cliff, my first introduction to him was in The Girl Next Door. So, believe me, to watch his career go where it has gone... Uh, I could not be more blown away by, by this by this uh, young man. Uh, so yeah, it, again, it was one of those things where when the announcement came out, I thought, nailed it. <laughs> 100% nailed it. <laughs> I just wanted to try to uh, sell like how mad I was going to be. I'm not, I'm not, not by any means. Well, you, you did it, man. Because like, I, I was like, oh man, Cliff, he's really going to tear into him on this one. Like, oh boy. <laughs> You guys didn't hear it, but like when we got to the end there, I was like, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, Swag, how do, you, how do you feel about it? Because, again, I'm not sure you're familiar with 
I Paul am Dano. not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I will I will say like you know you guys have you know faith in this casting mm-hmm. so I'm I'm gonna have faith too I'm with you guys I trust you guys all right <laughs> I, right I can't wait to see this like I said before <laughs> like just adding more to my excitement for this well yeah and yeah, exactly. has a right and the other thing I want to talk about real quick just real quick is that uh, Matt Reeves when he when he confirmed this on his Twitter account, he did so by posting a picture of Paul with the caption Edward Nashton. <laughs> now, if you if you don't know what that, I I believe I spoke to you about this, Cliff. I mean, this was years ago, so I don't know if you remember this. But for those of you who are like, "What? His name is Edward Nigma." <laughs> Correct, but that's not his birth name. That's not his God-given yeah. name. His name. He was born Edward Nashton. He then changed it to Nigma. Uh, depending on which version of the story you read, it's for different reasons. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, this is comic book accurate. Edward Nashton then becomes Edward Nigma, aka the Riddler. So, I mean, the fact that Matt Reeves posted that, like, that clearly shows like he has an understanding of the material. So once again, that's just he clearly knows what he's doing. Uh, Cliff, uh, I I kind of interrupted you. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was saying you have it one hundred percent right. Like his um. So, like, his performance in, like, The Girl Next Door was, like, this upbeat, bubbly, he started in a porn, you know, kind mm-hmm. of area. But in Taking Lives, like, his creep factor was, like, mm-hmm. I was all in. I was, like, this is not the same kid. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. who this guy is. So, yeah, yeah. As, as far as him playing Edward, like, I I'd 100% see, like, this, like, creep, mm-hmm. this creeper type edward and i'm all in like i know it's gonna be and people please again don't compare his his performance to jim carrey's performance because it's just it's two different worlds but oh for sure i can't wait i can't wait to see a dark riddler and it's just it's gonna be awesome yeah i agree i agree and and i'm glad you brought that up cliff I'm, i'm really glad you did because, uh, like, people who are like, oh, the Riddler, isn't he supposed to be funny? No, he's not. Uh, the Riddler has never been a funny villain. Like, he's not, like, some cackling. He's not a Joker ripoff. Like, that's the that's the thing that kind of bugs me about Jim Carrey's performance is he played the Riddler essentially like he was playing the Joker. And to me, that's that's just wrong. I mean, like, nothing against Jim Carrey. I love Jim Carrey. I think we all do. But that performance never sat right with me, and especially since it created this idea in people's minds that that's who the Riddler is supposed to be. He's not. He's supposed to be more of a Hannibal Lecter type. You know, he's a narcissist. That's why he marks his crime with riddles. You know, he wants to show everybody how superior his intellect is uh, to the point where there's a great joke that comic book writers always tell about the Riddler, where if the Riddler were trapped in a burning building, and he would have called to help. Like, if he called Batman for help, like, Batman, you know, he calls Batman on the phone or whatever. He's like, Batman, Batman, I need you to come save me. I'm in a burning building. Batman would be like, where's the building at? And the Riddler would be like, it's on the corner of... If a cat were to... Fi- because, like, he would immediately just default to being like, uh, I have to prove that you're that you're beneath me with this Riddler. Like, you know, like, his life would be on the line. It's like, the last thing he would want to do is prove to Batman that he's mentally superior. Um... <laughs> But yeah, like that's what kind of a narcissist the Riddler is. Like that's the only thing he cares about. He just cares about being the smartest guy in the room. So, 
And you know who did that yeah, well, but too? I, I, <laughs> Casey Kasem. <laughs> when he used to voice well, as the Riddler. What was that? I said, you know who did it well as well? Casey Kasem. Hmm. When he used to read as a Riddler. When he's like, yep. here's, a letter from, <laughs> here's a letter to Batman. Dear Batman. <laughs> but it's your friend, the Riddler. It's been quite some time since we've talked. I've hit him four bombs all over Gotham. And it's all revealed in this 1974 number one hit. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't take credit for that joke. Thank you, Frank Galliano. But I think about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not bad. That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like the the casting we've gotten this week is on point. I think um, I'm really excited for this film. Not that I wasn't before, but I mean, like everything I've. Everything they've given us so far just makes me more and more excited. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Swag, how do you feel about it? I mean, I know we're all excited, but like, how do you feel about the casting choices they're making? And how do you feel going forward? Like, what, what do you think the future holds for? Well, just like, not even just casting, but like hearing his plans for this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the kind of thing that I've been wanting to see for a Batman yes. film in a long time. I've been mm-hmm. wanting to explore the detective side a lot more. Me too. <laughs> That's that, something I've been waiting to see on film as well. Yeah, so, yeah. we don't really get to see much of that. Not uh, really. And I mean, with the games, like they have kind of done that more. And that mm-hmm. also just kind of makes me want to see it on the big screen like even more. Because uh, I, I like that side of Batman. That's probably yeah. like one of my favorite parts. Is that oh, yeah, he, yeah. you know the title? You know he is the world's greatest detective. Yeah, you took and the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want I want to see that more for sure. And him saying that this is what he's gonna do, I'm mm-hmm. super excited. Like, even like the casting, like it's it's all I kind of seeing a bit of it in my head, but I know like what he's actually making is gonna be like way better, and. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. So I, I just can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, like I said, you took it, took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, you know, they don't call Batman the world's greatest detective for nothing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I agree 100%. That's an aspect of the character I don't think we've seen, or at least we haven't seen a whole lot of it in the live action adaptations. We got a little bit of it in The Dark Knight. You know, yeah. like where he was running like forensics and whatnot on the bullets and all that, uh, ballistics and whatnot. Yeah. But that yeah, was, that that's, was that's about it. Yeah, that stuff yeah. is really cool. But like that, it was, yeah, I that think was that's all we've got. That was about it. <laughs> yeah. So it would be really cool, especially since, you know, uh, we talked about it on a previous episode where, you know, we've, we've got it on good word that the film is possibly based on the long Halloween. And a lot of these casting announcements line up with that. You know, Catwoman is in the long Halloween. The Riddler is in the long Halloween. Uh, The Penguin. um, So, yeah. So, if that is indeed the case, yeah. I mean, this movie is definitely going to have to lean into the the detective side of Batman. Because that that story is, like, the most detective story uh, for Batman, like, ever. And I mean that because it's a murder mystery. You know, he's got a someone's committing all these crimes around Gotham, and he has to find out who it is and why they're doing it. And you know, he you can only do that through detective work, like whether it's chasing down leads and you know interrogating 
criminals and or possible associates and whatnot. So yeah, like we're definitely going to have to see him being a detective and less of like, you know, a brawler. Yeah. Even though I do like when Batman does yeah. that, but you know. <laughs> it's still it's still awesome. Like even though we've seen it like so many times. Yeah. It's still just yeah, awesome exactly. to see that, you know, just yeah, it, it is always fun and all the Yes, it is fun to watch Batman <laughs> lay a beat down on on the bad guys. Yeah. Um Cliff, how do how do you feel about moving forward with this film? Like does this instill any sort of confidence in you? Uh are you excited? How do you feel? Yeah, I feel like we're definitely going to head towards like a more realistic Batman, which I'm definitely all about. And I'm not taking anything mm-hmm. away from um, Ben Affleck because I thought his Batman was really good. I just hope that the concepts that we kind of impl- in- instilled into the Batman with uh, Ben Affleck, that we kind of like bring that over. And by that, I mean like the mm-hmm. voice modulator because yeah. that shit was fly. Yeah. yeah, so I agree. I agree 100% with that. And the other thing... I'm glad you brought that up, Cliff. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you said something, because this was a thought I was having um, uh, a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, and I just never said anything. But can we please, 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 please? And I, I, you know, Matt Reeves, if you're out there listening, if somebody out there close to him is listening to this, please, um, please don't default to just an all black suit again. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Zack Snyder finally gave us the most comic book accurate bat suit in live action ever. Yeah. A- and I feel like at this point, if we go back to an all black suit, it's like, I think we're going backwards. So please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all just green. me being a little fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> just no, 100% different. Give him, give him a ring. Give him a yellow suit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Put the <laughs> put the oval on his chest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. No, I just, you know, it's 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 taken us this long to get back to a comic book accurate suit. Yeah. I, I I I always say this like, the two most comic book accurate suits that we've seen in live action are Adam West and Ben Affleck, and they could not be any more different in their interpretations <laughs> but they do the two of them do wear the most comic book accurate suits um but yeah i just i i don't want to see another all black suit that's all i'm saying like i just don't want to see it i really don't uh and again that's just me being a you know the comic book fanboy that i am so. <laughs> all right so yeah that's again it's been it's been a big week for this this movie uh, and it just shows that we're gearing up and we are getting ready to roll so hopefully we'll get some more casting announcements and some more um like uh you know the crew you know hopefully we'll find out who's who's actually designing these the the costumes because that's going to tell us a lot about what they do yeah um yeah so let's get in um uh unless you guys have anything else you want to say about this movie and all these announcements cliff nope i'm good Swag? Same here. Um, <laughs> all right. I, got, I got it all out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think I've said everything I need to say. So uh, let's get into, uh, let's do some DC TV time. Uh, this is going to be. We're going to talk about the the CW TV shows 
because I know Swag, I know you're keeping up with the Flash, and I know you saw Arrow this week as well. There's a reason why I told you to watch that one specifically. <laughs> but before we get into that, um, I'm going to talk about Batwoman this week. Just real quick, again, I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, I think the second episode this season was way better than the pilot episode. Like, it was a huge improvement over the pilot episode, which only just proved what I said last week, where I said, you know, the show, it's probably going to get better. It's probably just a bad pilot. That seems to be the case, because this, the second episode was leaps and bounds better um, in terms of quality and writing and just, just everything. Everything they did in the second episode was way better. Uh, I found myself enjoying it on a whole different level, and yeah, no, they they sold me. They kind of stumbled with the pilot, but you know the follow up and the execution was flawless. So yeah, I'm in. I'm all in on Batwoman. Uh, Supergirl was fantastic this week as well. This episode had a lot of really light, funny moments. Uh, moments that I quoted over and over again after I saw the episode. It's just really funny, <laughs> really good stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen it. Check it out, because it's really great. Supergirl is really, really great this season. So far, anyways. These first two episodes, fantastic. Um, again, I really like Brainy as a character. I'm glad that they kept him on the show. Uh, he provides a lot of laughs. So, yeah, no, I, I really like the show. I really like everything they're doing uh, this season so far, anyway. Anyways, uh, one thing I forgot to mention last week um, when we talked about the premiere, the new suit looks so much better in action than it does in photos and i mean it looked amazing in the photos anyway i'm not saying it looked bad but seeing it on the show in action it just it looks so fantastic i cannot say enough about how great that new suit looks the blue is a much more vibrant blue than it than it appears to be in the photos that they released so that's very cool yeah she really pops on the screen when she's in the suit uh black lightning Returned again for another another fantastic episode. They're really gearing up for this war with the Markovians, and I cannot wait to see how that plays out. Um, and you know, I I honestly can't imagine how they're going to get Black Lightning into Crisis because where he's at right now, it's it's just crazy. You know, like because I'm thinking, you know, we're going to talk about the Flash and Arrow for a reason, and you know, I'm starting to talk about it right now because of Crisis, but. Uh, so far, Batwoman, Supergirl, and Black Lightning have not, we have not seen any hints or build up to Crisis on those shows yet. Uh, but I mean, Black Lightning was great this week. Uh, like I said last week, I've never seen an episode of Black Lightning that I didn't like. So keep it up. All right, swag, let's get into it. Let's talk about Flash and Arrow this week because uh, these are the two shows that are wasting no time in um, <laughs> building up to the crisis that is coming. Um, this week's episode of The Flash was a particularly monumental one because uh, Barry decided he wanted to, you know, he wanted to he wanted to see this crisis for himself and got himself into a little bit of trouble. And <laughs> but it did make for the return of probably one of my favorite guest characters on the show, uh, Jay Garrick. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Like, what were some of your highlights, and how did it make you feel about moving forward, uh, specifically towards Crisis? Uh, man, like that episode. Like, I, I have to say, like it was, mm -hmm. and that's kind. Of, I liked it. Uh, yeah, 
and I feel like it, you know it was pretty it was really necessary to like you know like tell us that this is serious mm-hmm. this situation is not like it's not gonna be like the usual adventures with the guys like this is this might yeah. be it if yeah you know, one, one wrong move and that's it um, yeah so I man I don't know man this episode was pretty good uh I'm trying to like highlights I don't I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember much. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it, that's fair because, like, even right now, I'm trying. I'm sort of yeah. struggling to remember exactly what happens. Like, because honestly, I only really remember the stuff with Jay yeah. and and Barry, sort of yeah. looking into the future and sort of how heavy all that stuff was. Yeah. Um. But even now, just talking about, it, I remember like uh, there were some funny moments in this episode that I really, specifically yeah. uh, Ralph getting hit with the. <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever those rays were, yeah, he had like the really bad sunburn. That was sunburn. funny. Um, <laughs> you know, he took his mask off and he had the yeah. tan, the really bad tan. <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, no, uh, this episode, like you said, was super emotional because, yeah, it, yeah they, you know, like I said, uh, sort of at the top, like the, they're wasting no time getting into just how, how serious and heavy the coming crisis is, and Barry especially, you know, like he, yeah. Like he said, he experienced billions of possible timelines and outcomes and all the deaths that came with it. And, you know, it clearly it was something that really uh, it was weighing on him, the severity of the situation and everything that's coming Um, was sort of the the one thing that kind of I got choked up at was there's a moment in the episode. If you guys haven't seen it, this might be a mild spoiler. we find we do finally get to see Joan Allen, although I don't think they're married yet on this in this continuity. But uh, we see Jay and Joan, and of course because on the show Jay is the doppelganger of Henry Allen, Barry Allen's father. Obviously, Joan would be the doppelganger of his mother. So, but there was one moment particularly where Jay and Joan had to bring Barry back to Earth One, and they were there talking to Iris, and it kind of. That moment kind of hit me because it was like, that's probably the only time we'll ever see Iris talking or even interacting with a version of Barry's parents. And yeah. that, the, the significance of that moment was not lost on me. So, you know, bravo, bravo to everybody who made that happen. That was a really good choice. So, yeah. Especially in an episode that, you know, where we were dealing with, uh, again, the severity of the situation. So... Yeah, really good episode. It was super heavy, super emotional, but again, there were moments that where it was like, okay, this is funny, this is silly, you guys can laugh, it's all right. Yeah. And if there's one thing the Flash does well, it's that. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I, I, I really appreciated that. Uh, let's get into Arrow this week. I I had you watch this episode specifically because I knew there were some cool um, Easter eggs that you were gonna uh, appreciate. <laughs> And also, again, because uh, Arrow, this was the season premiere, season eight premiere for Arrow, and they did not waste any time getting into setting up Crisis, especially with that cliffhanger ending. Yeah. Boy, was that not what I was expecting (laughs) at all. So this episode was cool. Um, It starts, and you think you're watching the, the pilot episode of Arrow, and then immediately you notice things are off. Yeah. Uh, number one, the Deathstroke mask on the totem on the island is not there. 
but there is a Batman cowl. <laughs> so that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, the the episode just gets stranger and stranger as we go along. And I'm not going to lie, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> you know, I was like, what is this? Like, clearly this isn't how things happened, but, like, why are we even revisiting things like what is this is this some sort of vision is it a is this something the monitor is doing to oliver i don't know i don't know what's happening i did manage to predict a few things though yeah such as tommy being the dark archer uh and whatnot because uh, i was like <laughs> is it going to be tommy this time like we thought it was going to be in season one uh and it was and that was cool uh, yeah but the the revelation that the monitor sent the monitor sent Oliver to Earth 2, I believe they said this was, um, for a reason. He was there to collect the Dwarf Star material. Again, we don't know why. The monitor needs it for something. And this is all part of the deal that Oliver made with him last season during the Elseworlds crossover. Um, yeah, so uh, what did you think of this episode? What were some of your highlights? Uh, how do you feel about this? It was, uh, this one was also kind of a bit emotional, too. Mm -hmm. uh but that was just because you know you go back with this one and you kind of see all these old characters and you kind of mm -hmm. have all these memories come back but yeah. it was also awesome having it be a bit different and seeing yes. things in a different way uh and you know the whole thing with this episode's way of preparing for the crisis mm -hmm. uh that's all that was also pretty sweet and i'm actually kind of I kind of want to sit through this, through Arrow as well, mm -hmm. <laughs> which we probably will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like this was this was pretty good. I'm I'm actually kind of glad that you you had me watch. Uh, I had fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with what you're saying. Like, um, and the one thing that I I did say about the episode was. <laughs> and again like uh, i'm sure people out there are going to be like what how dare you but this episode just reinforced how great the show was without felicity because <laughs> she's nowhere to be seen this season and uh yeah. this episode specifically harkened back to like the first couple of episodes of era where it was just oliver doing his thing and how awesome it was like the fights in this episode were very much like the fights from season one and two, just raw and brutal. And, you know, like, cause like season three and onward, like the fight scenes, like again, good choreography, but it all just felt like you're watching dance numbers. Like everything mm -hmm. was just so polished and clean. There was no gritty uh, brutality to it. And this episode kind of harkens back to that, like a time where Oliver was on his own and he was yeah. just out there kicking butt and taking names and i really really appreciated that yeah um i really like the new suit he's wearing oh yeah um, which is really cool and yeah like you were saying like getting to see characters that we haven't seen on the show for a while was also really cool like getting to see moira again that yeah. almost brought me to tears uh anytime <laughs> she pops up on the show is a tearjerker and even tommy yeah, you know, Tom, Tommy's the one card that they they always pull out at least once a season, <laughs> and it always like makes me like, oh, it's Tommy, you know, <laughs> like they always have that card ready to play, and it works every time. Yeah. But yeah, so that was really cool. I really liked this episode as well, and yeah, I think um, I think we're in for something really special for Arrow's last season. Um, 
yeah. So I can't wait to see what the future holds. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that's that's sort of the um, the breakdown this week on DC TV time. Uh, like I said, Legends of Tomorrow still isn't back, and who knows when that'll be. <laughs> and I know they're going to shoot their part of Crisis before their season begins, which is weird, and I know it's going to air before their season begins, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, we will keep you informed. All right, let's get into everybody's favorite part of the show. Let's talk about Titans on the DC Universe. This was a heck of an episode. Let's get into it. Cliff, I know you saw this episode. Um, <laughs> what were what were some of your standout moments? What were some of your highlights? What did you think of this episode? Um, I liked I liked the depth that we went in with Jason. Mm-hmm. I think that was yeah. my yeah. my highlight. Um, mm-hmm. the, it was a great story being told. Um, and I liked I don't like all the little clues kind of being around to let us know like there's something bigger going on around the area. Mm-hmm. Especially with uh, with Jason's side of the story, I know we went into a lot of in depth with uh, Dick in this episode, but Jason's story really is what kept me more intrigued than it was yeah. with yeah. Uh, Dick. And Jason just stared out the window the whole time, and I was like, "Yo, I know exactly where you're coming from, my dude." <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because um, this episode, I I feel this episode was probably the best representation of like uh, a post-traumatic stress that yeah. I've ever seen, like in movies and TV shows, like, like you were saying the way Jason would just stare out that window and, you know, you would see it in his eyes, just the image of fallen over and over. Him. Yeah. Like he was just reliving it over and over, and over again. Like, yeah, like he was traumatized by what happened to him and like, understandably so. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm with you, Cliff. Like 100%. Like that was that to me. With I said this, watching the episode, I was like, I was like, God, you know, gee, like, how dare this show make me care about Jason Todd? Like, <laughs> I mean, they did it. They did it. They made me care about a character that I hate, you know. And uh, but I mean, that's that's good writing, yeah. you know. Like, uh, I I sort of say it every every time we talk about the show, but like. You know, Jason Dodd's a character that I never cared for. I I hate him. I always think he's a, sort of a whiny little punk. <laughs> but this show did the impossible and like made me care about him and made me actually uh, feel bad for him. And you know, good for them. That's good writing. So yeah, Cliff, I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I think. Oh, go ahead. Say, go ahead. I was saying another takeaway I thought was um, it's just like Dick's story. You know, like his investigation mm-hmm. that he was going through mm-hmm. and. Obviously, he had um, he had Batman with him. Well, Bruce mm-hmm. with him. Um, yeah. But I loved that whole that just the interaction between the two, and uh, the go go scene. Y'all gonna know as yeah. soon as you see it. That was oh yeah, that did it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, I I immediately noticed. I was like, oh, he's doing the, he's doing it. He's doing it. <laughs> yeah. It was and I. I applaud them. I, like, I don't know whose idea that was, but that was brilliant. <laughs> that yeah, was a that great, that yeah, was... that was a great moment. I love it. I love it. I will always love this show just for giving us that. So, <laughs> but also, uh, Swag, you said this to me, and, and I agree with you one hundred percent. Like Ian Glenn's 
accent this episode improved much improved yeah. yeah much improved over the last couple times we saw him it was very um, noticeable like right at the beginning. it really <laughs> was yeah because even i noticed it i was like oh man he really he really stepped up his game in this one good good for him <laughs> yeah again not that i thought his performance was bad i just thought his accent work was a little off. a little off yeah but no yeah he definitely he definitely stepped it up a notch in this episode so yeah yeah i approve I approve. I, I also thought it was weird. I did mention this. I was like, isn't it weird that uh, the actors playing Bruce and Dick are not American? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's weird. It's a little weird. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just thought that was interesting. Um, no, yeah, I really liked, um, like Cliff was saying, I really liked the, I liked Dick's story in this episode. I really liked Jason's story. Um, yeah, I thought, and this was an episode where I don't think there were any fight scenes in this nope. episode, but like I was like 100% invested in this story. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like I without think. the fights, without any sort of like action beats, and I I was all in. Uh, that's good writing right there. If you can make me care that much without having to throw a flashy action sequence in, <laughs> good. You know, bravo, well done. Uh, the character moments in this episode were fantastic. I liked that Corey was sort of the, the one who was looking after Connor. I mean, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> that just makes sense. Um, um, I liked sort of this weird, the weird sort of mystery of like, who's, who's sort of taunting the Titans. Although, you know, it was pretty easy to figure out who it was mm -hmm. even before they made the reveal. Uh, but even that again, like this version of Deathstroke is scary. <laughs> like he's terrifying. The fact that he could, he was in the tower and they didn't know <laughs> like that's yeah. scary stuff. <laughs> and the fact that he was manipulating Dick and, you know, moving him around where he wanted him to be. That's, that's 100% Deathstroke. That's the Deathstroke that I know. Um, so yeah, to see that, to see that up. And like, we didn't even see him in the, we heard him. Mm -hmm. We didn't see him though. But like his presence, you could feel his presence through this whole episode. So that was, yeah. again, bravo, well done, everybody involved. Uh, Swag, what did you think of this episode? What were some of your highlights, and what were some of your big takeaways from this episode? Yeah, uh, like I gotta agree with both of you guys. Like it, Jason's story was like it was really good, mm -hmm. and you know I'm I'm with you. Like it's like I've grown to like you know be like yeah I. Jason's not very reasonable. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. really like. I don't like him as a person. Uh, mm -hmm. But you know, this version of Jason, like I actually am really rooting for and hoping that he, you know, like he makes it out of this. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to see like this is the Jason that I don't want to see turn into the Red Hood. Um, yeah. But if we do, you know, that also kind of makes it emotional and... Yeah. Yeah, it makes it more tragic. Yeah, and it adds more to that story. So either way, you know, I, I just can't wait to see where Jason goes in this, you know, this world and this story. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I said this to you. Uh, another thing about the episode is, like, not just from the episode, but, like, just in general. Like, I always mm -hmm. think of Dick as being the big brother. Mm-hmm. Of the Robins, and to see him be that yeah. in this episode was nice, and I like that. I like those kinds of moments. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. Was... Yeah, that scene, that final scene between Dick and Jason was 
it was it, it was a great scene. It was well written, well well acted by um, uh, Brenton and uh, Corinne. Yeah, interesting names <laughs> for, for for the cast on this show as well. But yeah. no, yeah, they both really brought their A game in that scene. And yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. It was very heartfelt. The way Dick sort of sat down and the fact that he confessed to Jason. Yeah. Um, about what he did and how he feels about it says a lot. It says a lot about um, maybe just about how much he he understands Jason. I mean, obviously, you know, they they are Robin. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with what you're saying about like sort of him being the big brother. Like I I do agree with that assessment. Like even in the comic books, like yeah, Dick Grayson is the big brother. Like they are brothers. Yeah. The four Robins. Uh, five or six, depending on who you ask. But yeah, yeah. no, it, and um, yeah, I I did say I was like I I would actually like to see a show about the Robin, just all <laughs> like you know, give me Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, and Damian Wayne, and just make it a show about them like that. Yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah. <laughs> just based on the strength of that scene between Dick and Jason in this episode, like I'd watch a whole show about that. Yeah. But yeah, so um. Yeah, I, th- this was a really strong episode. Really, really strong, really solid. Uh, Cliff, did you have any uh, any other thoughts you wanted to lay on us in regards to this episode? Um, I thought it was interesting that Starfire spoke a dead language. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I mean, she said, you know, she understood a little bit. Like, you know, she wasn't, like, fluent in it. But, yeah, yeah, it's, that's pretty cool. I did like that, though. It was. It I was mean, a she was nice touch. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice touch. It was also a callback to last season where she could read all the, and she was writing all those weird languages. So, right. yeah, yeah, that was a cool. That was a cool moment. I like that as well. Uh, Swag. Was there anything else you wanted to? Uh, I want like I. I just want to say like even uh, Connor's story in this. That's it, right. Yeah. That was also really nice. I really liked that. That was yeah. I agree. That was a that was a moment in the episode where I did get choked up because yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's so great!" Because <laughs> you know, it, it, in in my um, experience, I don't think Connor has ever had like a mother figure like that, and so that was nice. You know, the fact that he called her mom that was that was the moment that like I choked up a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was done really really well, especially coming off of last week's episode. Uh, that whole storyline has been as been done really really well i like what they're doing with connor yeah so yeah i agree that was really well done 100 percent. all right so let's get into our rankings for this episode uh titan season two episode bruce wayne that was the title of the episode uh cliff what would you give this on a scale of one to ten um nine and a half swag ten uh i'm gonna agree i'm gonna give this a ten this is easily a ten out of ten um which is pretty cool. Like we've got, I've given the last couple of episodes ten out of ten. So yeah. But I mean, the show is just this show is firing on all cylinders this season. I believe. I honestly believe that. Yeah. Not that I didn't like season one, but season one was kind of like it took them a while to find their footing. Where season two has been like solid yeah. since the premiere. So yeah. So that um, Cliff gave it a nine point five. Swag and I both agree ten out of ten. Uh, let us know what you thought about this episode. Did you like it? Have you seen it? Are you watching Titans? Because you should be. <laughs> but if you are, let us know what you thought of this episode. Do you agree with our assessment? What were things you liked? Um, yeah, just let us know. All right. 
it looks like that's going to do it for us this week, unless either of you gentlemen had anything else you wanted to say. No, sir. Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, Cliff, the red dog, the champ, the champ himself. Uh, let everybody out there know where they can find you online. Yeah, so you guys can find me on all your favorite social media platforms at cm underscore miller85. cm underscore miller85. You guys can find me right here on Nerds of the Roundtable, as well as uh, Franken Cultures, Frankensteiner, The Raw NXT. That's what we're calling it now. It's a long-ass title. And then uh, (laughs) you guys can also find me with WCF Wrestling, as well as AUW Wrestling, Every other Saturday, there is a big show coming up November 22nd in Baltimore. Uh, we'll be live streaming uh, King of Ladders. At least that's what I've been told so far. So you guys can check us out. <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds good. You heard him. People go out there and follow the man. Like I said, he's the champ. You're going to want to keep up with his career. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> throw him some likes. All the likes in the world. He deserves it. Throw him some congratulations on his accomplishment, people. He, he deserved it. He's earned it. Yeah. Uh, Swag, go ahead and plug the YouTube channel and let people know uh, what you've been up to. Uh, yeah, just find me on YouTube uh, under the name Mr. Swagtastic. When you search it up, you'll know the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have gotten back into, like, I have finally uh, released the first and second episode of Arkham Knight. Uh, that was. I took a bit of a break from that one. Uh, I meant to do that a bit sooner, but things happened. Uh, but it's here. Uh, going in full force. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence of whether or not I want a warfare campaign playthrough, but we'll see what happens. Uh, and in the future, uh, you can expect me doing a lot of videos Need for Speed Heat when that game comes out. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested in any of that stuff, Come on over. It's yep, a good time. Definitely, definitely go over there, subscribe, and uh, keep up with everything he's doing over there on YouTube. Uh, Mr. Swagtastic on YouTube. And uh, you did drop that mixtape. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to be doing a Halloween because uh, I don't want to miss that. Yeah. So I, don't think, uh, that. <laughs> I don't think any of us want to miss that. So, yeah, definitely yeah. take it. If you haven't listened to the one he just uploaded... Um, do yourself a favor and check it out because if you like i said previously if you're looking for uh new music to listen to this is definitely worth listening to uh swag has pretty excellent taste in music i did share the link on my twitter and my vero account i have not posted it on the facebook page yet i'm i'm doing that right now (laughs) so yeah yeah definitely check him out on on youtube and and you know keep up with all the videos he's posting and find yourself some new music while you're at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I am Antonio Padilla as always. You can find me on Twitter, Vero, TikTok at Tron Pilgrim. Uh, like I said, if you're not following me on Vero, you should be cause I post exclusive content there and uh, follow me on TikTok because I will be debuting my Halloween costume there. And uh, Cliff, this is one that you're gonna want to see. I know. <laughs> I know you're gonna you're gonna have a particular interest in this this year's costume. Sweet. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram and Snapchat at TronPilgrim87. Uh, follow Nerds of the Roundtable on Facebook, and as always, you can find me here on Nerds of the Roundtable on Anchor.fm/Nerds. You can find us on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere podcasts are available. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Join us next time, ladies and gentlemen. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Good night, folks.